You take out the home field advantage. Why can't we figure out the logistics there, Nick? So I pushed back on the NFL. I know they said, oh, it was a logistical nightmare. We couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you could. You could have figured it out. If you just put a little effort into it, you could have figured it out. And I know you got to wait to see who wins or whatever. But Bengals, Bills, it's pretty easy to find a nice neutral site for those two teams. It is literally called Cleveland. It is <laughs> Cleveland. Cincinnati Perfect. Buffalo. They have a name for it already even. It's time to talk Bills playoffs as we gear up for another run. So much to be thankful for, of course, over the last week plus. The news of DeMar Hamlin's recovery, him getting back to Buffalo to receive treatment. Nothing but good news there, of course. And now we can turn our attention back to the Super Bowl. Did the NFL get it right with the revised protocols for the playoffs in a potential neutral site AFC championship game? We'll be weighing in on that and so much more coming up next. But first and foremost, it's the Bills Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. Brian O'Leary here, joined as always by my friend Nick Woten, the managing editor of USA Today's Bills Wire. Uh, Nick, it's definitely, it's been a couple weeks since our last episode, uh, and we definitely appreciate folks for hanging on with us, especially our, our loyal listeners. I mean, we were off between Christmas and New Year's, and then obviously last week with everything going on with DeMar Hamlin and his recovery with the status of the Bills, really at the time we would have recorded, it was week 17 and 18. Both games were kind of in limbo with the league, how they were going to handle everything. So all we would have been able to do here is kind of speculate, which is something we felt was uh, not right under the circumstances. So first and foremost, man, it's great to be back talking bills with you. Uh, and then thank God DeMar was able to get back to Buffalo, that he's awake, he's tweeting, and, and it seems like he's on the road to recover. I mean, that's that's number one uh, for all of us after what was just a horrifying experience for obviously everybody involved, but everybody watching on Monday night in Cincinnati, it was uh, it was just a horrifying experience. I don't know what else to what else to say about it. Yeah, no, uh, Ryan, good to be back, but uh, you know, certainly better to be back under um, I guess the positive updates that we've had recently. And uh, yeah, it's been um, it's been quite a uh, quite a couple of days, right? Um, just the whole thing, really. And I, I didn't even say this to to you off off camera, uh, off recording. Um, Ryan was. Uh, the whole thing just gave me some some flashbacks. I actually was like 14 years old, 13 years old when um, with the Bills. The, this is now, of course, the scariest injury situation in Buffalo Bills, maybe NFL history. But uh, one of the other ones was Kevin Everett when he he broke his neck on the field uh, at, at Highmark Stadium. And they they basically, you know, saved him. Um, and it, it, it that unfolded like right in front of our eyes. And it just brought memories of that back of being there. And it was just, it was crazy, you know, uh, just the whole situation. Um, as soon as you see him at the ground, you know, it was certainly just, it took me about two minutes. I, I know there was a very long speculation why the NFL takes so long, but, you know, keeping, keeping my, um, you know, reality of the situation hat on, if you will, I was like, there's no way this game is being played again. There's almost two minutes in after he was still on the field. I was like, there's no, no way that they were going to be able to play that game. And I think we all now think uh, all the right right scenarios unfolded. And, uh, of course, that um, carry on top, the most important part, the exclamation point, whatever, um, is that DeMar is improving and back in Buffalo even. He's at Buffalo General Hospital. A um, little bit of, uh, I think, kind of, I don't want to say miscommunication, but uh, some were thinking that he was going to be home-home. Um, He's in Buffalo General Hospital um, back home from Cincinnati or back from Cincinnati. But, uh, you know, that is still remarkable, the work that they did at uh, 
the uh, UC Medical Center, and and uh, of course we're gonna probably bring up uh, the the hero of the hour, well deserved, being uh, uh, Denny Killington, um, the the Buffalo Bills assistant athletic trainer, and and really the whole crew. You know, I mean, he's not he wasn't one saying that. You know, I was just me. He knows that he had the the whole group there, and it was um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my spiel that we uh that that we said we weren't going to do and we're going to get <laughs> weren't going to get deep into the rabbit hole there Ryan after we gave it a week but yeah yeah just memories that are brought up for me I was like wow I can't believe that this is like twice with the buffalo bills this is happening the craziest medical stuff but hey um thankfully in both scenarios it looks so far uh that it, it's going to turn out for the uh for the best for the positive yeah i mean all, all we can do is be thankful um i, I think thankful for you know eventually the, the league got there. I think the fact that they, they did suspend that game, that they did eventually cancel it, not try to make those teams play again that week, even though I don't think Buffalo would have played ball with that anyway. I think they got it all right. We'll talk about the, um, you know, what they came up with to deal with the playoffs and the seeding here coming up. Uh, I definitely want to cover that. But I, I don't know, Nick, my, my last take on this whole situation with Damar Hamlin, and, and again, number one being that the fact that he did was able to fly back to Buffalo and he's at the Buffalo uh, at the hospital there um, is first and foremost, the most important thing. But I think, you know, and this is never a hundred percent, but I think, you know, this whole scenario kind of, it kind of brought out the best of people a little bit. Now it's not a hundred percent again, cause people suck, right? <laughs> like we get, we, we can, it can never be a hundred percent, but I thought the majority, it seemed set aside politics, their fantasy football championship games, uh, and their overall like crazy football fandom, which we all find ourselves uh, doing. And again, and again, a game like Buffalo and Cincinnati, where those teams were going a hundred percent, you know, hundred miles per hour at each other, they were getting after it already in the you know the early goings of that game. That was going to be an amazing game, but everyone was able to kind of put all of that aside very quickly and put all of that energy into whatever you do, right? Praying, sending positive vibes donating to uh you know Demar Hamlin's toy drive its charity like whatever whatever it was that you did to send prayers or positive vibes to see people come together uh was was something right i mean i think when you look back on it and especially with the fact that Demar's doing better and that he's was able to fly back to buffalo like we said it's just you know we don't get a lot of wins <laughs> you know what i mean in life like it's just like it never seems to end up positive but it just seems like Again, if we're talking about the majority and not the whole I mean, majority, I felt like this situation kind of brought out the best, especially in Bill's Mafia, but just people in general, um, it was positive for a change. I think that's something we could feel good about. Yeah. Yeah. No, there, there was some, some definitely good that came out of it. Um, just beyond, even beyond, um, you know, DeMar's own personal, uh, health, but, uh, yeah, a lot to, uh, a lot to unpack on the, um, actual football front. Right. I mean, these, uh, these playoff scenarios uh, that are that were now unfolding in the AFC, uh, pretty interesting, Ryan. Yeah, let's just get. You want to get to it? Let's get to that right now. I mean, so, I mean, I'm sure Bills fans know this pretty well now. Uh, and I guess my question to you, Nick, is like, did the Bills, did, did the NFL do the Bills a solid by bringing this neutral site AFC championship thing into play? Now we know as the number two seed that the Bills will host until the AFC Championship game, no matter what. And then if they get the Chiefs in that title game, it's going to be played at a neutral site. Now, is that indoors? Is that outdoors? Is that in the cold and the heat? We, we don't, what are we talking about here? We're not sure. That, that hasn't been ironed out yet. Uh, but we do know that if the Chiefs 
get and it, we also know this if the chiefs get knocked off prior to that afc title game that buffalo is going to host right there that the afc will run through buffalo what's your take on that scenario do you think the bills got a solid do you think the bengals got screwed do you think the chiefs got screwed like what what's your what's your take on this before i dive in um, I think really more than anyone, uh, it's probably the Bengals that are feeling the most burned, and I think probably rightfully so. Um, do I think there was a world out there where the Bengals would have captured the number one seed? No, I don't. Um, you know, the key, not, not only did they have to beat the Bills, which, as we already kind of touched on, it looked like it was going to be a back-and-forth good game. The Bengals certainly could have won that game. Um, I think I had my money on the Bills in that one. I just felt, you know, Josh Allen kind of has stepped up in those kind of positions and uh, not that Joe Burrow and co haven't, but uh, yeah, I just felt like the bills maybe would have had that one, but anyways, uh, it's not, not here nor there, but I mean, the Chiefs still, you know, would have kept pace and they, you know, would have kept ahead of them. And uh, I know their whole home field situation was something that they were a little bit upset about as well. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely the Bengals got the short end of the stick. And I think the bills kind of, uh, you know, uh, comparatively, I guess, lucked out a bit, right? I mean, the neutral site idea was something I hadn't thought about. Um, now that it's kind of settled in, um, yeah, it's okay. Um, it, I don't see anything wrong with it. I thought, truthfully, the NFL was going to push push back a week and have them play that game out. Um, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, I, I just thought that that's what was going to happen, whether that was – push the entire league back a week and everyone gets like a week 17 by and then you play the one, one more last game. But I mean, I guess the teams that are already eliminated are kind of, I guess like, Oh, the hell with this. Can we get out of here? <laughs> Can we end this put out of our misery? But um, yeah, I guess that that was the best way to kind of handle it in terms of only affecting the least amount of teams. But yeah, that was what my gut was telling me is that they were going to push back a week. Uh, they're going to push these contests back, but um yeah, again, it is it is what it is, and uh, if I if if you're you know gun to my head, who do I think got screwed the most? Definitely the Bengals. I think that they were the most upset. I think they might have been. I mean, it was very early reported too, Ryan. I don't know if you saw when they kind of had the resolution first come out and they were going to have a special meeting. It was already that the the Bengals rep on the competition committee was going to vote no against it. They didn't want it. Yeah, yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals definitely voted no. And I think uh, both the Bills and the Chiefs abstained from the vote, so they just kind of let it play out. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't blame the Bengals either. I mean, if I mean they were at home against the Bills, they were winning, uh, they were driving. Now, can we say that that should have been a win? Absolutely not. I'm glad that that wasn't the decision. I know that some people floated that. Well, maybe the Bengals. It's a suspended game. They were leading. They win. I'm glad they didn't do that because we know what happens in the NFL. Like you just you can't call a team a win in the first half i guess yeah. you could have done that with georgia or, and tcu yeah. you could have done that with georgia uh, and yeah, tcu you nick yeah. god i don't want to bring that up again <laughs> yeah but uh but but not not in the nfl not in this game not chiefs bills so but the bengals you know they could have won that game and those two teams could have finished 12 and 4 with the bengals uh, getting the, the head-to-head and the bengals would have hosted a game if if those teams met i mean that's that's something that could have played out right it's it's feasible that that could have played out so i think I'm with you, Nick. I didn't. Th- I didn't think about the neutral site thing either. I thought it was actually kind of a clever idea that they came up with. I think the thing that I I don't like about it, Nick, is just all the caveats that come with it now. Right? It's like, okay, the Bills will host. I mean, so it's a neutral site game if it's Bills Chiefs, uh, but it's not a neutral site game if it's Bills Bengals. Uh, but it is a neutral site if it's Chiefs. It's just like too confusing. It's hard for everybody to understand. 
And no matter how much people try to like mansplain it on on Twitter, we're all just like, what do you th- what do you talk about? I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, l- let's be honest, Ryan. No matter what unfolds, the NFL hopes that this does not unfold. You know what I mean? Like they hope all this gets avoided and like the Ravens make a run <laughs> and then like knock everyone off, so then we don't have to play a neutral side game. That's what the NFL hopes. Oh, a hundred percent. But I I don't. I don't care about that. It's like, no, like figure it out. NFL, like figure out the logistics for me. I would have said, all right, let's do this. The AFC title game is a neutral site. No matter what it's neutral site, no matter who is in that game, even if it's chiefs, dolphins or Jaguars, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it's a neutral site game. Mm-hmm. We'll figure yeah, it no, out. No, it's true. We'll that's fi- we'll, true, yeah, so that's number true. one. That's, that's a neutral site. No matter what, we'll take away those caveats. Right? So that's one. And then two, because, because again, we don't know if the Chiefs deserve the number one seed, right? Because the Bills had that in their in their back pocket. They controlled their own destiny, and the game got canceled. We all know why it, it got canceled for good reason. We all understand why it didn't resume. And like, did the Chiefs earn the number one seed? I don't know. I, I don't think so. So whatever, they don't get to host the championship game. Nobody does. It's a neutral site. Fine. And then say okay. And if Buffalo and Cincinnati meet in either the divisional round. Or, you know, if they beat before the AFC championship game, we'll play it in Cleveland or Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, we'll we'll do that. That's a place where whatever stadium is willing to play ball, we'll play it in Cleveland. We'll play it in Pittsburgh. Both fan bases can easily travel to that game. It's technically a neutral site. You take out the home field advantage. Why can't we figure out the logistics there, Nick? So I pushed back on the NFL. I know they said, oh, it was a logistical nightmare. We couldn't figure it out. Yeah, you could. You could have figured it out. If you just put a little effort into it, you could have figured it out. And I know you got to wait to see who wins or whatever. But Bengals, Bills, it's pretty easy to find a nice neutral site for those two teams. It is literally called Cleveland. It is <laughs> Cleveland. Perfect. Buffalo. They have a name for it already even. <laughs> yeah, Cleveland. So that's so I do. I do think the Bengals kind of got screwed a little bit. And I don't love that. Okay, there's. Well, the Bills host if this is the situation, the Chiefs host host in this situation, but not in that. It's just like too confusing. And even even I understand it. But even when I read articles about it, I get confused because I'm like, wait, what did I just read? So I just think they made it way too complicated. But at, at the end of the day, they did something to address it. And for a Bills fan, you got to you got to feel good about it. Right. You ended up beating the Patriots. You're the number two seed. You held off the Bengals. And now you're either going to host playoff games until you get to the AFC title game and then you will not have to go to Kansas City. I mean, this is like a best case scenario. I think the Buffalo Buffalo fans shouldn't be complaining about this, right? I mean, I think this is the best case scenario for the Bills. Yeah, and I think that's exactly why you're not hearing many Buffalo f- fans complain about it, Ryan. It's a uh, it's a pretty good pretty good setup that the Bills got going on here, let's be honest. Um, you know, the uh, fans certainly wanted them to be to hold that number 1 seed and have an opportunity to be the number 1 seed, but it kind of is what it is at this point. And um, in terms of resolving a situation, what what different, what more can you do, you know, in terms of what more can you want? I mean, in terms of Bills fans, um, <laughs> you know, um, you can still you can still host the Bengals at some point. I mean, it, it is it has been a wild, wild couple weeks here, a uh, week and a half here since, uh, you know, since we last talked. Uh, it, it, so much has unfolded, Ryan. It's your head is spinning a little bit, you know. Yeah. And this is why we didn't want to talk last week, because we would have just been guessing what they were going to do the whole time, Nick. And, and and it would have been in bad taste with with DeMar Hamlin's uh, with with news of his health not really progressing in a fast rate. We finally got that news late last week. But um, by the time we were, would have recorded it, we wouldn't have had it. So th- th- that's why we took the, the week off. It's good to be back talking about this. And and I think for Bills fans, they should be they should be happy with what the NFL decided. I mean, the Bills, 
They probably, if they, if the players and coaches and, and the people of Buffalo pushed to play that game, the organization pushed to play the game against the Bengals, they probably would have would have played it. But I think it was uh, the team made a, a decision, Nick, that hey, it's not the right thing to do. We're not doing it. We're not playing this game. Uh, and they probably knew in the locker room making that decision was probably going to cost them the number one seed. And they probably said, "Who cares? It's not that. It's not that important." Uh, Demar Hamlin's more important. Our our mental health after what we saw in the field is more important. And I don't blame them, Nick. I think, I think at the end of the day, when when we put aside all these freaking scenarios and we we get over the popsicle headache trying to read through all the caveats and stuff, it's like the best team's going to get to the Super Bowl, right? Buffalo's gone into Kansas City; they've won. Uh, you know, they whatever comes, you know, and I know they won't have to do that at Arrowhead Stadium this time, but uh, I'm just saying, no matter what, the best team's going to rise to the top. It's, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. The hottest team's going to go to the Super Bowl, and it, it doesn't really matter who's playing in the wild card round or where you're playing in the divisional round or whatever. The best team's going to get there, and it might be Buffalo. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the Bills still have a pretty solid, uh, all things considered, the Bills still have a pretty solid route to uh, potentially getting to the uh, getting to the Super Bowl. They do. I do want to go back to this Patriots game in week 18 just for a minute, Nick, just because, all right, pregame, they do the uh, the thing for DeMar Hamlin. The crowd gets really into it. They do uh, you know, the national anthem, and then Naheem Hines gets shot out of a cannon and returns the uh, kickoff for touchdown, and the stadium was just bedlam, right? And if you're a Patriots fan hoping, oh, man, can we... Can we maybe pick off the Bills here and maybe they rest their starters or something? Maybe they, they maybe something crazy happens and the Patriots can get into the playoffs. Well, I think you knew in that moment after Naheem Hines returned that kick as a Patriots fan, you're thinking, we got no freaking chance. There's no the Bills were not losing that game. Uh and you know, I know Josh Allen said, you know, he felt it was a spiritual moment when Hines uh, you know, again, shot out of a cannon. I don't think there's any I, I didn't know a, a human being could move that fast. He was flying. Uh, yeah, just crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it was a goosebumps hair on your neck thing, like raising, you know, type of thing, right? Nick, it was, that was a crazy moment. And what a scene in the stadium after that happened. No, definitely was. Um, I mean, as expected too. I think regardless of, of, of really what was going to, I guess, unfold in that game, I think many, many fans were, were anticipating some, some, some wildness to happen regardless when the bills scored first, um, when the bills took their first lead, something like that. Um, I don't think anyone really, you know, uh, storybooked it like that. Um, and yeah, to your point, uh, I know I said this before with a, probably some, uh, more colorful language, but as soon as, uh, Naheem Hines turned the corner there on that first touchdown, um, that he scored, it was kind of, I don't know if it was Nick Folk. I don't know if it was, I think the last couple defenders return, uh, return uh, or special teams players, excuse me for the Patriots. Um, when he was going around them, I was like, wow, I, I like, I didn't think I've seen a guy move that fast in a real long time. I was like, he's on another gear that I've never seen him on. Uh, it's, it turned out to be true. Yeah. Next gen stats said that uh, that was the fastest he's ever moved in his personal career that they've tracked him. Um, and then in terms of uh, just bills players in general, this season, no bills player has run faster in, in any game this year than uh Naheem Hines did there. And it was, yeah, storybook, magical. Um, you know, uh, I don't, uh, I don't play in the NFL, so I don't, you know, pray to the football gods or whatever. But whatever you want to say was in that, was in that Chili's tonight. Um, it was, uh, it was something special. It was something special. It was really cool that it happened twice. And then, you know, they've been relating with the whole, um, you know, Demar Hamlin number three. You know, the defense had three turnovers in the game or three takeaways. Excuse me. Um, 
just real special, special, uh, special for the team. And, um, you know, you're kind of hoping now that the Bills might have this, uh, you know, team of destiny kind of, uh, you know, attached to them. Um, of course, that's, uh, that's, you know, has to do with, you know, DeMar Hamlin and uh, the team just being really good this year, right? They've been pretty good throughout the entire year, you know? And um, I think I did correctly pick them to win 13 games. I did not correct. Remember, I got yelled at for saying that the Patriots would beat them, which turned out to be wrong. Yes. But I said they would go 13 and four. I didn't guess 13 and three. Who would have? But, you know, shout out to your boy over here. Yeah, not bad, Nick. You're pretty good. Uh, you're pretty good. Now, <laughs> no, you, didn't their, you, didn't, not. you didn't get their losses right. <laughs> But you might have got their wins yeah. right. Uh, yeah, we'll, that was on me. Yeah, we'll say that. <laughs> Just a perfect reference you made to Pam Beasley of The Office. Uh, I feel God in this Chili's tonight. Uh, you, you probably felt, yeah, again, you felt the football gods at Highmark Stadium, right? That was just mm-hmm. an amazing moment. I will say this, not to disregard any of that and the things that Josh Allen said after the game, it, it did feel like a spiritual thing, something, something, like you said, magical, something, whatever you want to say. Not to disregard any of that. But as a Patriots fan, let me just say this. The Patriots special teams has been an absolute disaster all year long. I would say uh, you take that part. Yeah, yeah and uh, they were uh, they were dead last in Football Outsiders DVOA this year, and it happened twice. It happened twice. The Hines did another kickoff return for a touchdown in the second half. So now that was an amazing moment, and the game was over at that point, in my opinion, as soon as Hines uh, took off. But again, the Patriots being the worst special teams uh, unit in the league, them being really bad on special teams, and the Bills being really, really freaking good, as you said, Nick probably helped that a little bit but again it was an amazing moment i'm not taking anything away from it but it just, that just has to be said <laughs> it just has to be said uh also i could say this josh allen does not fear bill belichick does he I, I think there was a time in belichick's career where like maybe a young peyton manning feared playing the patriots especially in foxborough like oh no it's bill belichick uh, you know shake it in your boots kind of thing I don't, think I don't think that's the case with Josh Allen. I don't think he fears Bill Belichick. I think at this point, he's kind of toying with Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, late in the game, what, four minutes left, the Bills have the ball. They should be focusing on running it out, but what's Josh Allen doing? He's trying to get a third bomb for a touchdown, right? He's still bombing that thing. He's, he wanted three. He got two, he wanted three, Nick. And I think at this point, yeah. the Bills are kind of toying with Belichick and the Patriots that they own that team. I think they own the, the AFC East at this point. I don't think they fear the Patriots. And I don't think they fear the Dolphins either. I think, I think you know, this draw that I, I know I, I've been saying it all season long. I wanted the Bills to have the one seed. I wanted them to have the bye. I thought that would help them on their path to a Super Bowl. But I think I kind of like this draw for the Bills, and, and we're going to get into this matchup here now. Uh, I just think that it's a division team, the Dolphins, that are coming in here in, in the first round of the, the playoffs. I know the Dolphins played the Bills tough, and they beat them once, and then they played them tough the second time. But I don't think Josh Allen and the Bills and any of that. I don't. I don't think they fear the Dolphins one bit. And I think they're probably happy that this is the, the draw a wild card weekend. That's just a hunch. Doesn't make for great radio, you know. We're not being um, Stephen A here by yelling at each other. But I, it's hard to you know disagree with that. I mean, when you look at the loss that the Bills had against the Dolphins earlier this year, I mean, the main takeaway was that the Bills just somehow lost that game it was almost never that the Dolphins won it right and that was what week three right it, it, it the Bills just they just completely played so much but and it wasn't a picture perfect day I, I know Josh Allen threw the ball 60 sometimes and uh he had 400 yards but it was kind of like you know you don't you kind of don't want that it was 21 to 19 final um the uh, total yardage I was looking for here was 497 for the Bills and the Dolphins had 212 and they won that game somehow. 
So not only do the Bills have a experience of beating, of playing an AFC opponent, AFC East, excuse me, opponent in the first round of the playoffs like they did last year with the Patriots when there was, there's also some debate too on that day that the, the Bills lost to the Patriots because that was when it was like, you know, the tornado and the Patriots just ran the ball 50 times and the Bills couldn't stop them. I was always of the mindset of, you know, they should have stopped them. They knew they were just going to run the ball, but they didn't. But, you know, people had their grievances with that. So it's kind of similar to last year when people have their grievances with this 100 billion degree day that the Bills played against the Dolphins in Miami and they lost somehow, even though the yardage was, I was going to say double, it's more than double. Um, They just absolutely smoked the Dolphins and somehow just didn't win the game. And um, I think that's going to be just, uh, you're right. I always think that, you know, I always make the joke that just Josh Allen hates the color turquoise. I don't know what it is. He always plays so well against this team and he did again in this game. Um, But they're going to have this, this whole thing this whole loss motivating the heck out of them too. So I don't even think it's going to be particularly close at all, whether, you know, this guy or that guy plays or not. I mean, I think the bills are going to be so motivated by, you know, recent events. And also this week three event where there's this Noah, I'm, I'm actually laughing because I, I forgot how much better the bills were this game than the dolphins and the, didn't win the freaking game. So yeah, that's, that, that's amazing. The stats are just hilarious. I'm sorry. No, they, they are. And that was the game where I came on here and was just freaking out about the Bills situational football. They just completely just botched that. It was kind of like the Vikings yeah. game. <laughs> they just kind of botched every situation. And the Dolphins got a win that they like couldn't even fathom. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I love this matchup for the Bills. And, and that's saying, you know, I know the Dolphins just came in here and it's a cold, snowy day and led 29-21 in the fourth quarter against the Bills. Right. Well, like, I know that just happened. I still like this matchup for the Bills, and, and the spread is 10.5, and, and I'm saying right now, I would bet that line early. I would go Bills 10.5 right now, knowing that that line could move in some fashion when we get news about Tua, right? Now, Tua, he's he's had three concussions this year. Now, should he should he be playing? Uh, should should he be playing in this game after a third concussion? That's debatable. I would probably say no. There there probably should be some some language in the league's rules for player safety that just takes this decision out of the player and team's hands, Nick. Uh, and maybe that'll come. I, I don't know. But my guess right now is that the league and the Dolphins will continue to promote all the due diligence they're doing with Tua's health. You know, they're they're going to keep telling us that he's oh he's he just he just you know got the next step to in his road to playing this week but we're not sure yet and they're going to drag it out and he eventually will be cleared and he's going to play uh, i just think that's my gut on the on the situation I, I have a hard time feeling when if this decision is left in the team and and he's cleared they're not going to hold him out he's going to play so uh if he's not on ir he's going to play right <laughs> so um the league might have scored some points with like you know, I don't know if the league scored any points with how they handled the DeMar situation. I actually give the league some points. I still think there's a lot of work to do with the concussion thing, but a lot of it comes across disingenuous in my opinion, but whatever. It's the playoffs. Two has been out since Christmas Day. He's already cleared some of the steps. He's got a couple more to clear to get cleared for this game, and I think he's going to, and, and two is going to play. Now, assuming Tua does give it a go, Nick, maybe this line moves, right? Maybe it's 10.5 now. Maybe it moves to 10. Maybe it moves to 9.5. Because, again, the Dolphins beat the Bills once, and they had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter of Buffalo a few weeks ago. I would, I would, I would bet the line at 10.5 now, and then if that line comes down, I would hammer it with multiple units. That's kind of how I'm approaching this game from a betting standpoint. 
I I'm expecting Tua to get clear, but if but once he does it, if he plays in this game, I still think it's advantage Buffalo. I think he could be rusty. He hasn't played since Christmas Day. He's coming off a third concussion, and Miami's defense has not been great. Buffalo is a different animal in the playoffs, especially at home. I think they're gonna. I think this is gonna be a game the Bills win by a couple touchdowns at least. So I would bet him right now at ten and a half, and then if that line goes down at all, I would probably put more units on the game and really hammer the Bills. That's kind of how I'm approaching this from uh, from a betting standpoint. I'm not taking the cheese on Miami. I mean, it's so unknown. Just just you know, with the quarterback situation in Tua, um, yeah, it, it's they're just like not saying much yet. We're gonna figure out throughout the week, and of course. As of now, apparently he's in like stage three of five of the protocol. And I think the biggest thing for me, and you kind of said it there, Ryan, is he going to be rusty? Stage four is the one where he can go out there and start throwing the ball. He can start, you know, kind of getting into practice, but no one come within like stay away from him. Um, It's kind of he hasn't even done that alone in like two weeks since Christmas, like you said, he played against the Packers on Christmas and, and um, then afterwards couldn't play. And just, it's been kind of a mess for the NFL and the dolphins and everyone with two is a concussion situation. Um, but uh, yeah, he hasn't, the guy hasn't, you know, throw, I mean, of course he's immensely talented. He plays in the NFL, but I mean, he's got to be rusty at this point. And, and if you're, you know, Skylar Thompson, are you, I, I what <laughs> he's not going to beat the bills is he i mean you got josh freaking allen on the other side of the field um uh you know it's 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 just a, a big big ask for the dolphins i think in this one um and it's kind of again to the point you know i wrote it and i was almost hesitant to write it like this you know to say that they backed into the playoffs because they technically won to get in but prior to that they've been pretty pretty bad you know they they've had some stinkers um down the structure and uh, you know, they don't have Teddy Bridgewater. They have this Thompson guy and uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be tough. I think if the bills can kind of regardless, you know, pick, pick and choose between Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill and just take one of them out of the game and, and kind of dare the other one to beat you. I think that's kind of, I don't want to make it that simple and say, I know what I'm talking about. Like this will work, but um, I think that almost sounds as simple as it is. Right. I mean, just take away one of their two playmakers and they have pretty much no one else. They, they don't even have uh, Mozart. They, their running back broke his thumb. <laughs> so he's not playing. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it, it seems like a lot for the Bills. I, I, I always hate a 10 and a half line, but you are being persuasive. I just hate 10 and a half. I hate the, I hate, I hate when it's that half a point above, like when it's seven and a half, I hate it. You know, like, what do you know? Half a point better than me, you know, but it is tempting. It is tempting. Yeah. I think, you know, and you mentioned Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like, I give the Dolphins, I give them zero shot to even hang in the game with either of those quarterbacks under center. I just, uh, not against Buffalo, not this time of year, and not after, again, they were shot out of a freaking cannon, uh, literally, uh, against the Patriots there in Week 18. This team is going to come out, they're going to come out and play a good football game, I think, uh, on wildcard weekend. And if it's Skylar Thompson, who is the starter, or Bridgewater, I'd feel even better about the 10.5. So that's why I'm betting it now. Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching to see if the line moves. If it goes up, uh, if two is ruled out and it goes up, I'm happy with 10 and a half, right? Um, I got value there. If it comes down at all, if two is cleared and people start betting the dolphins at 10 and a half, um, I'm happy to bet the bills. If it goes to nine, nine and a half, 10, something like that, I would, I would double down. Uh, I, I feel good about it. And then, you know, if you're into, uh, trends, matchup trends, uh, this game tends to go over 
more often than not when Buffalo and Miami plays and the and the line is only at 44 and a half. So there might be something on the on the over. I think the Bills could get to 30 on their own in this game. I mean, Miami has not been very good. Bills could, I think the Bills will score in the high 20s or or 30s um in this ball game. They definitely have a shot to. So 44 and a half no matter who's played quarterback for the Dolphins. I could I could see you get on board with the over, but I like to spread more. Uh but, you know, the over, I like the over more than the under, Dick. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I do as well. I do as well. Um, like you said, the Bills, they, they got a lot of explosive plays last week out of special teams, but uh, their offense, that kind of overshadowed that their offense, you know, they got a spectacular diving catch from John Brown. Um, I'm really interested to see how the Bills are going to handle that number, number two spot because Gabe Davis has pretty much left something to be desired all year at number two receiver for the Bills. They got Stefan Diggs rolling again. He had a 49-yard touchdown catch and um, the one that killed my bet last week uh, late. Uh, thank you, Josh Allen. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see if they, I mean, cause you know, Gabe Davis has cooked in the playoffs, uh, more than any player ever. If you're talking about that chiefs game last year, um, more than any receiver, I should say with his four touchdowns, no one have, has ever done that in the postseason. And, you know, they, that, that's not just a fluke. He was very good. Um, but so they, do they keep rolling him out there or do they get interesting? Maybe some more John Brown, maybe some more Cole Beasley, maybe some, you know, craziness, getting some other guys involved in there, spreading the ball out. Like that that would be, I think that that's only something that can play into the Bills' hands, really. Um, that's a lot, a lot for a defense to, uh, to be concerned about if you're the Dolphins, for sure. That was a tough drop that Gabe Davis had in this game, right? That on that, there's another yeah. touchdown bomb and he really, it wasn't, it wasn't, I think it was Jonathan Jones on him. Whoever the Pats quarter was that was on him, it wasn't him. That broke up that play. It was it was a drop by Gabe Davis. So, yeah, hopefully he just reverts into uh, just like Terminator Gabe Davis, like he was against the Chiefs. Uh, we got to hope that 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 guy comes because if we get that Gabe Davis, if he starts to get his confidence going again, and you got him off opposite, opposite Stefan Diggs, like you know, we got obviously we got something here uh, with Buffalo. So, uh, looking forward to it, Nick. I'm just again, I'm glad we're back on here talking football glad we're talking playoffs uh and glad that we got probably the best case scenario news out of demar hamlin i mean at this time at this time last week we were texting each other we had no idea what to do (laughs) no idea what to think it was the best call because honestly you know um we didn't want to be wrong about anything of course but it honestly felt with the way last week unfolded i assure you with how many posts went up on bill's wire by the time we would have recorded um, there would have been an update that we probably missed <laughs> as we were recording, which is, you know, thankful, you know, that so many people were were so um, so invested in caring about this kid's health that, uh, you know, that's that was pretty moving too. Uh, everyone wanted him to be better and, and, and he is better, thankfully. So we don't. by the time we would have put something out, it almost would have been like, well, hey, is he going to be OK? And then, you know, he has breathing tube removed and then he's walking and then it's, you know, all these great updates. And um, you never, of course, you know, want to speculate uh, either way on that. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's good to be back finally. And hopefully this is this is, uh, you know, I guess the first of a, of a couple more Bill's Wire podcasts uh, over the next month. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's let's buckle in until what mid February this year. I think that's that's the hope. That's the hope. The Bills got as good a chance as anybody. So that's so that's the show for this week. For for Nick, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you guys for jumping on with us and listening to the pod. Uh, tell a friend and hit subscribe if you could. And like Nick said, we'll be back next week to break down Bills Dolphins. And I I think we'll be talking about the next opponent unless a disaster happens at Highmark Stadium. Nick, I'm not anticipating that, but my guess is we'll be back on here next week to uh to talk about the next opponent. We'll catch you then. 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.